Very good. I just remembered my age then. <laughs> I had a flashback to being young and it just went like that. Good morning. Good morning. It is a pleasure to be with you. Um, let me start by simply saying that what I want to share with you this morning, I, I feel that it has some potential to change you if you want to change. If you're happy where you are, if you're one of those people that says, don't change me. I am entrenched. I do not move. I like to be immovable. Go away. <laughs> to that, I say no. I will not go away. <laughs> what I will do, though, is try and encourage you that there is so much for you when you start to hear the voice of God. So good. The voice of God is not always a booming voice. In fact, mainly, the voice of God is a gentle whisper. And it's about that whisper I want to share with you this morning and how to hear the whisper. We're always listening for the big and the brash and the bold. But what about the whisper? What about the still, small voice of God? Let me read you a portion of Scripture firstly. Am I watching that clock? 25? Yeah. This comes from 1 Kings 19, and it says, Then Elijah went out to the cave and spent the night in the place, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I am alone, and I am only the one left, and they seek to take my life. He's not in a good place. Then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Then after the fire, a still, small voice. Which of those four things is the most dramatic? It is not the wind, it is not the earthquake, it is not the fire. They are elemental. The strongest and most powerful part of that was the still, small voice of the Spirit of God. When you go to the New Testament, there are two references that you can look up. One is um, Matthew eleven fifteen, and the other one I'm taking from uh, Revelation chapter 2, and it's also mentioned in chapter 3 as well, and it has this simple phrase in it, he who has an ear, let him hear. The responsibility is on you to seek to hear the still small voice of God. He will not impose it upon you, he will not press you for it, he will simply speak in the gentleness of his spirit, but he puts the responsibility on you and I to hear what he is saying. 
The problem we have is the noise around us. The noise of modern life. The noise of the clamor and the clash of everyday things that want our attention all the time. Advertisers coming on your TV, breaking into a program. You may have noticed that if you're watching a program and the adverts break in, the adverts are louder than the program volume. And the reason for that is psychological. It's to snap you out of your malaise of the, the level of hearing that you've been for the last 10, 15, 20 minutes, and then hit you hard with a high note. Wow. So that they catch your attention and then sell you their stuff. Because we all settle to a level of psychological hearing. And outside of our hearing, and I'm not talking about the audio, audio hearing, I'm talking about the hearing of your heart and your mind and your spirit, we have a, a level that we settle to. And sometimes, just sometimes, when God speaks, He speaks in the low whisper. And we say, I haven't heard from God for ages. But how are you listening? He's not always that great booming voice. He's gentle and kind. The world has got jargon, sound bites, and general noise. And I think, by my perception, that it's getting worse. I think the, the way of the world today is loud and brash and in your face all the time. And it takes a decision on our part to pull away occasionally from that and just listen. When you listen to the world, and I really listen and analyze, what they're saying is empty fodder. Some things you think, well, it's, it's pretty good. I, I don't mind listening to that. But when you analyze it, what is at the heart of it? And I'll tell you what's at the heart of everything the world shouts about and it's money. They want your money. They pretend to tell you how to make more of your own so they can take more from that. Am I skeptical of life? No. I tend to be a realist. I hope I never walk around with my head in the clouds or down in my boots. I like to hear what the Spirit is saying. And he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. This still, small voice. You know, if you go to the, trans, the original script, the, the, the Hebrew, still, small voice that appears mostly in our scriptures in English is, is a word in Hebrew that says, the whisper. It is God's whisper. Have you ever whispered? Have you ever, ever whispered? There's more breath in a whisper isn't there? How are you? There's more breath. In, and the Holy Spirit is the breath of God. He is the whisperer to your very soul. Back in the day when Elijah was in his he was in a terrible place. I mean, he, he had watched all the other prophets being slaughtered. He felt, I am the only one left, which was only his perception. And uh, he had this idea. I will get all the prophets of Baal, the false god of Baal, and I'll get all the priests in and all the rest of it, and we'll do two things. We'll make a big demonstration. We love big demonstrations, don't we? 
He said, you get a bull and you put it on an altar of rocks and I'll get a bull and put it on an altar of rocks and then you pour water all over it and I'll pour water over it. Neither of us light it. We'll call on our God and the one that answers with fire is God. And you know the story, I'm sure. They went at it hammer and tong. Their God, Baal, never listened because he wasn't there. And he, he, and he, well, he couldn't turn up. He doesn't exist. And at the end of the day, they slashed themselves and spread blood and did everything they could, but no response. And then Elijah calls on the name of the Lord and the fire of heaven, the destructive fire of heaven. Be careful what fire you're asking for. The destructive fire of heaven fell and burnt up the, uh, the offering. Within a short day of that glorious moment, he's hiding in a, up a mountain, crying out in his soul, I'm the only one left, there's nobody but me. He just saw the magnitude of God's power and authority, but now he's just going, there's nobody but me left. And then that event. The wind, the earthquake, and the fire. All the elemental things of false gods. They would call on their false gods for demonstration. But he said, he wasn't in the earthquake, he wasn't in the fire, and he wasn't in any of those things. Not even the raging wind. And when all that was gone, came the still, small voice of God. Church, when all your clamor of life is put to one side, you will hear that voice. When you stop running the rat race that's demanded of you every day and you put time aside to say, only you and me now, God, you will hear that still small voice. You've got to live in the world. We're meant to live in the world. We're all living on the same planet. We all have to deal with all the junk that comes with the planet. And the way that it's going, it's getting messier and messier, but it, is, it behoves you. It's re your responsibility to say, I can live in that for a while, but I cannot live by it. You can live in it, but not by it. To live by that, you will destroy yourself. But if you take time out to say, Lord, the world has been noisy this week. My job has been hectic. My life has been hectic. My family life's been hectic. It's been one thing after another, but here I am, just you and me. Can I hear your still, small voice? These whispers, they're precious. The whisper of God, the voice of God, that whisper spun worlds into being. That voice of God spoke this planet into being and all the other planets of our solar system and all the solar systems that sprung out and are still expanding. They talk about the expanding universe. And I, I've met Christians who go, I don't believe in that. Believe in it. It's God's handiwork. And it's expanding all the time. And it's expanding into the nothing, making it something. This creative power of God that said, let there be has still been going on. It didn't stop when he made this little planet. 
He made a whole unimaginable universe, and it's still growing. I always get excited when these scientists come on and say, well, it's the ever-expanding universe, of course, you know, and it all came with a big bang and all that. And I go, that's fantastic. God just went, let there be, and there it was. And it's still going. And it's to that Father God that you sit down and you say, I need your still small voice because the world is so full of noise. Yes, so Everyone's demanding your attention. I got a verse from Ecclesiastes 3, 7. There's a time to be silent and a time to speak. Being silent doesn't mean zipping your lip. Being silent means quietening your heart. There's a time to speak. There's a time to speak up. There's a time to speak up against injustice. There's a time to speak up against falsehood. There's a time to speak up about, about things that are ungodly and evil. There's a time to speak up, church, and the church must speak up. But we do not speak up in arrogance. We speak up in hope. And we speak up in faith. And we have answers to the problem. All we need is the Holy Spirit to help people to listen. Sometimes being quiet is a struggle. It is really a struggle. We need to learn to listen. Let me tell you a story. True story. It happened to us. It was in our family. Now we've got, we've got three girls. And the eldest, Alison, lives here now. Uh, <coughs> so we get free accommodation. That's lovely. Um, <laughs> so uh, when Alison was um, a certain age, would she be? Two and a half, three. And then Donna was the younger by two years and a bit. And Alison had this problem that she could not get her head around nursery rhymes. So I thought one day, I will sit in the lounge, we'll get ourselves on the floor cross-legged, and I will teach her how to say a nursery rhyme. Now Donna, at this point, had not spoken a word. Not a word. We were going to give her time, but we would say, Donna, do you want something to drink? And I'll say, no, she doesn't. We'd say, Donna, do you want something to eat? No, she doesn't. Donna, are you hungry? Yes, she is. She was always in there, taking control. And I would say it if she was sitting in the room. She knows this. So Donna never said anything. So Donna's with me. Linda wasn't with me. And I made her a couple of jam sandwiches. And I put them on a plate and sat her by them. And she's eating these sandwiches. And I'm saying to Alison, and this is exactly how it went. Right, Alison, here we go. Say after me, Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty, Humpty. No, not Humpty, Humpty. Humpty Dumpty. Humpty, Humpty. No, Humpty Dumpty. Humpty Dumpty. Yeah. Sat on a wall. He sat on a wall. No, not he sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Say that. Humpty sat on the wall, Humpty. No, in that sentence, Alison, Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. He sat on the wall. No, Humpty. And I, this went on and on and on. And I was exasperated. Now, Donna had never spoken a word. Going on three, was she? Three. And I turned in exasperation, sitting cross-legged on the lounge floor. 
And I went, you don't want to try it, do you, Donna? She said, I will in a minute when I finish this. Right out of nowhere. A full sentence with a jam sandwich in her hand and half in her mouth who had never said a word and we thought she was mute. She, went, she took it out and went, I will in a minute when I finish this. She knew how to speak. She'd been listening. She just had interruptions. Her older sister was just jumping in there. But she could speak. And she could speak. As we all learn to speak, she learned to listen. It wasn't yes. It was a full sentence. Yes, I will in a minute when I finish this. The differences of them. But it was the fact that she listened. She picked up things. She picked up words. She picked up nuances. She picked up sentences. She could speak, but she didn't bother because somebody else was speaking for her. Don't let anybody speak for you. You learn how to learn to speak with God yourself. And listen to God yourself. In James chapter 1, how are we doing for time? I've lost... You all right? <clears throat> Throw some at me when I go over. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 19 through 25. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. Slow to become angry. For a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. What, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word and doesn't do what it says is like a man who looks in a mirror at his face and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. The man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom continues to do this, not forgetting what he heard, but doing what he heard is one who is blessed in what he does. We will do what we learn when we listen. If you're not doing it right, if you're not living right, if you're not living your life right, then you're not listening right. If you listen right, you'll do right. If your heart is hungry for that. When was the last time you heard God speak to you? I mean, really to you, just you. Sometimes we just bleat like sheep at God. God, do this. God, please answer that. God, and, and I know it's good to, you can make your requests known unto God. It's scriptural. But if all we're doing is, God, listen to me. God, listen to me. God, listen to me. God, listen to me. What if God is saying, what about you listening to me? And get wisdom. Because if you seek anything, first seek wisdom. And you can only get that from the one who is wisdom. You have to know him. The majority of us here this morning, I'm taking an intelligent guess, know the Lord. Maybe you don't. And that's between you and him. But he will still speak to you. Listen to this extract from 1 Samuel 3. Now Samuel did not know. He was only a little boy. He did not know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli the priest and said, Here I am. You called me. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
And the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. What's missing? What's missing there? The word Lord. Eli said, Go and say, your, Lord, your servant is listening, Lord. And Samuel says, I'm listening. And he does not use the word Lord. He did not know him as Lord. He's talking to God, a God he doesn't know. You can talk to a God you don't know because he wants to be known. You can ask him to come into your life. You can ask him to change your circumstances. You can ask him to be your savior. You can ask him to come and be the revelation of the rest of your life. And he will speak to you, and he'll speak to you not in wind and fire and earthquakes. He's not brash and big like that. God is bigger than that bigness. God is so big, he can whisper, and it puts all other voices into nothing. God's whisper is louder than any noise of the world but it, you hear it in your heart. He did not call him Lord, and it's so important. And I have something to share with you in closing that I, when I, I wrote it down, I felt it was prophetic. Primarily, my whole ministry life has been hooked on teaching. The prophetic has come in moments, but I really felt this was to share. Some of you are not talking to God and some of you are not even listening to God because you feel that you're not worthy. Some of you are the Lord's, but you've stopped asking because you've lost faith in the moment. You don't feel worthy to ask anymore. Isaiah 64 says, all your righteousness is as filthy rags. And that's how you feel. There's no point in me asking God, God's too holy for me, I, I'm just like filthy rags. Romans 3 verse 10, it says, as it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. And that's how you feel. But James 5 says, the prayers of a righteous man is very effective. There's no righteous, but the prayers of a righteous man are very effective. How in the world do you marry that up? By listening to this. 2 Corinthians 5.21 God made him, Christ, who had no sin, to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We have no righteousness, but we have the righteousness of God in us when we trust him and we relate to him and we accept him. Your righteousness, if you're coming to God saying, I've done a good thing, I've been a good person, I've tried my best, that's filthy rags to God. What he wants is, God, I've nothing but Christ, I come in his name will you purify my heart? Yeah. And therein lies the moment when God whispers to you and says, you are my son, you are my daughter. Yeah. 
and I love you. And I close with the fact that whatever you think about yourself, God loves you. Can we thank Pastor Graham? What a great message this morning. What a great message. Thank you for, for sharing that. Can I ask, we're, we're going to be closing our service just in a few moments, and the team are going to come and join me on stage right now. But I want to take a few moments right here and right now just to, to let you know a couple of things that, that, that I, I believe that's a, a very poignant message for us at the start of a, a year. You, you know, the, here's the thing. You don't have to enter this year being the same as you entered last year. At the end of our service, we're going to have our ministry team are going to come forward, and, and there's a few things I would like to encourage you to, to, to not leave here. If, if, if you're struggling to hear the voice of God or hearing his whisper, come forward for prayer today. Come and stand up here like, like by faith. Come forward. God, God I, 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 need a, I need a breakthrough. Lord, would you help me with distractions? Come forward. Receive some prayer after our service. Uh, I, I know uh, that today today that your life can be different when you walk out of here today because of the power of the risen Jesus Christ in your life. Can we thank Pastor Graham one more time? What a great message this morning. So good. So good. The truth is this is that for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son. Uh, as Graham talked about today, that he becomes sin for us and Jesus was his name. And Jesus come to this, to this world to be a sacrifice for you and I that that we wouldn't have to pay our debt of sin. And you say, well, why, why would he do that? Well, he did that because of his, his great love for you and I, because, because to have a relationship with a loving Father or God in, in heaven requires us to be holy, to be clean. And there's no way humanly possible that you and I can do that except for what Jesus did for us. He's got life for you and a life of, of abundance and purpose and grace and mercy in your journey. And right now, you might be sitting, sitting here saying, well, Daryl, I, I don't know who this Jesus is. And I'm going to ask at this moment, can, can I ask that we all close our eyes and bow our heads just for a moment? And, and if you're here today, you've never said yes to Jesus, never given your life to him, surrendered the rest of your life to him today. I'm going to show you how. All I'm going to do is I'm going to pray a real simple prayer. And if that's you today, if you're here today, you want to say, I, I, I want to pray that prayer. I want to give my life to the Lord today. Just silently in your heart, pray this prayer. Pray this Pray, Dear God, today, I give you my life. Thank you that, Jesus, you come to pay my debt, that I might be free and know what it is to have a relationship with you. Say today, Jesus, thank you for paying my debt. Thank you for forgiving my sin. Thank you for giving me freedom. I choose today to give my life to you and one day spend eternity with you. So Lord, I thank you for this precious gift. That's why every eye is still closed and every head is bowed. Not going to embarrass anybody here. Not going to call anybody out. But I would love to know who I'm who I'm praying for right here. If, if you just prayed that prayer, said yes to Jesus, gave your life to Him right now. I am so 
so proud of you. And I'd love to be able to pray with you just in this moment right now. If you said yes to Jesus on the count of three, all I'm going to get you to do is just to quickly lift your hand up and down so I can see. We're going to give you a big round of applause and we're going to pray. But if that's you here today, you said yes to Jesus on three. Lift your hand. One, two, three. Lift your hand 